When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, what's going on? Thanks so much for joining me today on The Shaleen Show. Today we're talking about the relationship between gut health, inflammation, and your weight. Today's show is sponsored by Beanbox. That's beanbox.com forward slash Shaleen, and that's going to get you $5 of your first box. Again, the promo code is Shaleen. Now, what is Beanbox? Well, I'm really excited about this new sponsor because I love coffee. If you love coffee as much as I do, you're definitely going to want to give Beanbox a try. So here's how Beanbox works. It's a box subscription where they curate amazing specialty coffees from award-winning like small roasters. So whenever we travel, we love finding like, you know, cute little, I mean, hello, there's Starbucks, but every Starbucks tastes the same. So we love finding independent little coffee houses. And many of these coffee houses also are independent roasters. That means they make their own small batches of coffee every single month. And what this company does is they find the absolute best award-winning roasters of coffee and they ship them to you at the peak of flavor. That's key because half the time the stuff you're buying off the shelf at the grocery store is seriously, well, it's stale. We got our first box and I freaking love it. The first one I had to try was called Johnson's House Blend. I mean, hello. It wasn't named after us, but I mean, the name is Johnson, so we had to try it. And I have to tell you, it tasted like, well, it tasted like chocolate and toffee and coffee. Then, of course, we added a little oat milk creamer, a packet of stevia, and a dollop of cocoa whip on top. I mean, if I just described dessert or what. Anyways, if you love coffee, you're really going to enjoy this. Just give it a shot. It's super simple to cancel if you don't love it. I have to say that the experience of just like opening up the box and finding all these incredible coffees was is super exciting. Anyways, you will experience a difference when you try Beanbox. And again, as a listener to The Shaleen Show, you go to beanbox.com forward slash Shaleen, and that's going to get you $5 of your first box when you use the code Shaleen. I don't know about you, but I cannot, however, drink coffee in the evening, but I still look forward to something that's like delicious and warm and kind of satisfies my sweet tooth. I mean, I don't know this for a fact and I probably shouldn't take credit for it, but I feel like because I was constantly telling them that Organifi Gold tasted like hot chocolate and I would sometimes mix some cacao into it, I kind of think maybe they took that idea and that's how they developed I don't know if this is true, but in my mind, I believe that Organifi Gold Chocolate is because I kept telling people to put a little cacao in it. And I'm telling you, now they've got this new product. It's called Organifi Gold Chocolate. And it's a blend of medicinal mushrooms, organic cacao, and a blend of herbs that are meant to calm the nervous system. So that's why this is a perfect drink for you at night. It'll help you sleep more restfully, and it's got all organic natural ingredients, so it's not going to disrupt your gut health. And you get it for 20% off when you go to Organifi 
O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash Shalene. That's Organifi.com forward slash Shalene for 20% off. I mean, they've got tons of great products. Obviously, I talk all the time about the fact that I drink Organifi Pure and Organifi Immunity. In fact, we packed those things with us when we came to New York City. And Organifi Gold Chocolate is my go-to drink at night when I want something soothing that isn't going to keep me up because there's no caffeine. All right, give it a try. Organifi.com forward slash Shalene for 20% off. You will love of their products. Now, we really can't do a show about gut health without talking about leaky gut. And if this is the first time you're hearing that term, I'm surprised because I feel like that's the term that everyone was obsessed with in like 2019 and 2020. But just kind of as a refresher, leaky gut, what does it refer to? I used to think when I heard someone say that they have leaky gut, I don't know, I just assumed that meant they probably had chronic diarrhea or chronic constipation or diverticulitis. I just really thought that that was something, if you had it, if you had leaky gut, that meant you were like doubled over in pain. And I just remember one time that was until I had my own health scare. So as you know, when I went and had my brain scanned at the Amen Clinic and basically learned that I was completely deficient in almost every important nutrient. I was like, how is this possible? Like, I am eating all of these things. I'm even taking supplements. How is it possible that I am deficient in all of these nutrients? And it was at that time that I learned not only did I have leaky gut, and we'll talk about what that is in just a moment, but also most estimates are somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 to 80% of the population has leaky gut and they are often unaware of it. Just about anyone with an autoimmune disease suffers from leaky gut. That includes lupus, celiac disease, Crohn's disease, arthritis, ADHD, Alzheimer's, autism, many forms of cancer. Now, I'm not suggesting, of course, you can heal cancer or that you can heal ADHD or or any of these autoimmune diseases by just eradicating your leaky gut. But there is certainly a preponderance of evidence to suggest that leaky gut contributes in large part to the symptoms that are related to these diseases. And at the root cause of leaky gut is inflammation. Leaky gut is also known to be a contributor to major brain fog, memory loss, chronic fatigue, skin rashes, acne, eczema, rosacea, craving carbohydrates, weight gain, pain, just about any itis like bursitis and tendonitis. How do you say it? Plantar fasciitis? I forget. I say it wrong all the time. Anxiety, depression, IBS, SIBO, candida, diarrhea, constipation, irregularity, gas. If you have gas, that's a really good sign that you've got leaky gut, bloating, And of course, nutritional deficiencies. Like if you go and have your labs done and you find out that you're deficient in vitamin B, vitamin D, vitamin C, you know, all the important nutrients that you need to balance your hormones and to keep your immune system strong, there's a really good chance, even if you're eating super healthy or you think you are, there's a very good chance that you have leaky gut. And leaky gut leads to inflammation. All right, and if we're going to understand the origin of all this, leaky gut, we have to understand what is the gut. Because a lot of people think when you say gut, they think your stomach, right? Like you've heard some say, I'm going to punch in the gut. And most of us just imagine that to be your stomach. Your gut, believe it or not, actually starts at your mouth. 
That's the beginning of your gastrointestinal tract. When we eat food, it passes down the esophagus into the stomach, and that is part of the gut, and then it goes into your small intestines. Now, as you probably remember from health class, your small intestines have three sections, and it's in the small intestines where our food is digested, and some of it's absorbed back into the bloodstream. From the small intestine, think about this, things are then passed into the large intestine. It's in the large intestine where things continue to move upward and around and ascend down and all the way through these little tracks and down into the colon. And all of that is still considered part of the gut. From there, we move into the transverse colon. And it's called the transverse colon because it crosses the body. And it moves all the way down and descends into the colon. And the last part of the colon is S-shaped, and you probably remember that from, remember that Oprah episode? <laughs> this is like the first time I think I remember people like actually talking about number two. I can't say the word. I just, I cannot say the P word. I call it number two. You just kind of have to deal with that. I'm a grown up, but I hate that word so much. I hate that word, and I hate the word moist. Anyways, I can't believe I just said it. Once things descend through the S-shaped colon area, then it comes out of your rectum, and that's where... Your feces are stored. Okay, fine, I said it. And we push these things out through involuntary, sometimes voluntary, muscular contractions and into the toilet. At least one would hope. Now we're going to back things up for just a moment and talk about the large intestines because it's in our large intestines that we absorb water and food particles. Now these food particles and the fibers that are non-digestible This is where macro and micronutrients enter into the body, right? Like that which we need, we keep, and that which we don't need is passed out. But I think it's really important to note that the whole process of digestion, the whole gut microbiome starts in your mouth. In fact, the process of digestion happens before food even touches your mouth. Like digestion happens when we start thinking about food. Like the moment your mouth starts watering, that's when digestion starts. Like all of those enzymes help to break down foods. That's why it's so important that you're cooking and making food at home and you're touching your food and you're chopping your food instead of just eating out. Like people who eat the same meal in their home that they prepare versus somebody else preparing it for you, the person who's preparing the food, their body is actually going to do a better job of digesting the food because it kind of gets a head start even before anything happens in the mouth. Isn't that interesting? Isn't it crazy to think that three quarters of your body is actually involved with digestion? The average adult has 23 feet of small intestines, 23 feet. The average adult approximately has five feet stretched end to end of large intestines. Now, this was always hard for me to remember, but in case there's a pop quiz, the reason why the small intestines are called the small intestines, even though it's 23 feet, and the large intestines are called the large intestines, even though it's like five feet. Well, that's because the large intestines are wider. So I wish we would have called them the wide intestines. Anyways, we'll get some flashcards made so you can remember that. What you need to remember, however, is it is your gut that figures out what you need or what you're going to get, what you're going to receive, and what you're not going to receive, right? Like your gut is, think of it as the transit system. 
And if there are tons of holes in this transit system, then important nutrients are not being delivered where they need to be delivered. Now, what would create holes in the transit system? In other words, what would create leaky gut? Well, what creates leaky gut is inflammation. What is inflammation? Inflammation is your body's way of healing or attacking or protecting your tissues. Inflammation is our body's way of fighting off toxins, irritants, and anything that the body identifies as being foreign. So think about the last time you got a sliver in your fingertip, even like the teeniest, tiniest, smallest sliver of wood, something like so small, like even like a little teeny tiny piece of glass, anything that your body senses like, "Uh uh-oh, this isn't supposed to be here within 24 hours, you know, I'm sure you can picture it or you've had this happen before. Your fingertip will get like really swollen and red and you might not even be able to see the foreign object, but your skin is telling you something doesn't belong here and your body sends fluid to that area, which causes the swelling and the tissues kind of become inflamed and they try to push that foreign object out. Now, again, imagine how absolutely microscopically teeny tiny a little sliver is and how, you know, your fingers are pretty thick, right? They're a pretty durable area on your body. Now imagine the paper-thin lining of your intestines and consider how many things we eat on a daily basis that our body probably doesn't recognize or might not necessarily agree with us. Sometimes these are even healthy things like kale, cheese, or or dairy, or, or things that for one person, they might be perfectly healthy and they might even consider that like clean eating. But for you, your body doesn't respond to it. Your body has a reaction to the food. Like there's a, you have a food sensitivity that means that your body doesn't like this particular food. It sees it as a an invader or a foreign object. The body doesn't like it. The body begins to fight it. And you might not feel this or recognize this, but that reaction is going to create inflammation in your gut. Now, because we're doing this all the time, right? I mean, think about it. Half the food that we eat, our, our ancestors wouldn't even recognize it today. But half of those things, like we just eat them and don't think anything about it because we recognize the packaging, we recognize the food, but that doesn't necessarily mean that our bodies recognize it. And that creates inflammation in our gut lining. So how does inflammation relate to weight gain? Okay, so if you are thinking about the analogy of the sliver in your finger and understand how it is, our body sends fluid, water, to damaged tissues or tissues that are under attack. And it does so for a couple of reasons. Number one, to push foreign objects out. And number two, to protect tissues. So think about the last time you've rolled your ankle or sprained your finger. What happened? Well, the body sent fluid to that area to protect it, right? It swelled up and it almost creates like a cast around it. And that fluid, that water retention is water that your body will not get rid of. It's going to hold on to that water because that water serves as a protectant, as a a cast, if you will. Now get this, the same thing happens when you exercise. So if you're doing a new routine or a new workout, or even if you're just like doing something you haven't done in a while, you probably notice your body becomes very sore. If you've ever stepped on a scale 
on a day when you were really sore, you probably notice that the scale is going to go up two, three, four, five, even six, seven pounds. And that is because your tissues are under attack, right? So you've broken down the tissue, your muscle tissue, the fibers, etc. You've done something new. The body says, oh, we're under attack. There's damage that's been done, even though it's microscopic damage, and it sends fluids or water to that area to protect the tissue while the tissues repair themselves. Now, this is a good thing. It's how our bodies become stronger. It's what happens when we're building muscle, but it's not uncommon. It's one of the, you know, crazy things that happens when people start exercising. They're like, wait a second, why am I gaining weight? And it can be very discouraging. That's why we say, do not get on the scale when you're feeling really sore because your body's going to hold on to water and water weighs a lot. Okay, now imagine that you have systemic inflammation, inflammation in those 23 plus five feet of digestive tissue. All of that tissue is inflamed. And even though it's a low grade inflammation that maybe isn't something that happened yesterday or even the month before, but it's been going on for years, you have this inflammation throughout your body. Now think about the body sending water fluids to those areas you're going to be bloated and you're going to weigh more. This is one of the reasons why when people do a fast, for example, and they remove those foods that are inflammatory from their diet, even if it's not a fast, even just figuring out which foods are causing you inflammation and eliminating those from your diet just for a short period of time will often result in dramatic weight loss. Now, I'm not saying this is loss of body fat. That's not what's going on. What's going on is your body will start flushing fluids because it's no longer inflamed. It's no longer under attack. That is why when you are doing a properly supported fast, a fast where you have led up to it by getting yourself into a ketogenic state, by understanding the people who are at risk to do a fast, because not everyone should be fasting. Not every population should go without food. And of course, there are fast mimicking diets, meaning diets where you're eliminating inflammatory foods. You're still eating some nutrients, but you are tricking the body and also eliminating inflammatory foods. And so the process creates autophagy. Autophagy is a process by which not only are you eliminating inflammation, but you're creating a process where the body kills off dead and broken cells and regenerates new healthy cells. All right. So now I think you're beginning to understand why inflammation is often at the root of unexplained waking. Have you ever had one of those weekends or or even one of those days where the next morning you're on the scale and you're like, what the heck? How is it possible that I gained six pounds overnight. Like I, I didn't eat that differently. I don't think, or I exercised yesterday. Like why would I have gained like six, seven pounds overnight? I'm sure you've had that happen. Everybody has. That is often the result of inflammation. It could have been from the workout. It could have been from something you ate, even something healthy that your body doesn't agree with. So how in the heck do we figure out what it is that's causing us inflammation. Well, the first and most obvious, almost universal thing that you can do is eliminate foods that are fake and foreign. In other words, the more processed the foods you eat are, 
the less likely your body is going to recognize them. That's number one. Number two is to notice the signs of even the healthy things you might be eating, which are causing inflammation, which you may have a food sensitivity to. And this means being acutely aware of how your body responds, like noticing when you wake up, how do your fingers feel? Like, do you wear rings? You know, some days you'll wake up and you can pull your rings off. And then other days you would have to take a saw to get them off. I've had those days where you're like, what in the heck? I start to get like finger claustrophobia where I have to get like soap and get the rings off. And that's just on a morning where I notice I'm, I have a lot of swelling. And for me, I can almost hundred percent of the time attribute it to what I ate the day before. That's one of the number one reasons why I'm going to have inflammation. So I pay attention to swelling in my joints and fingers. Pay attention to itises, like when your elbows and your knees and your joints just feel achy and painful. Very often that is a result of inflammation, systemic inflammation. That is your body's way of saying like, we're swollen right now. And that's why you're feeling pain. Now, the only way you're going to be able to figure out what food it was for you is if you notice it and you can remember what did I have in the last like 24 to 48 hours. That's why I use my push journal to write things down. And I just, I don't write down like super detailed notes. I just write down enough so that I, for one, can kind of remember what it was I had. This is how I discovered that quinoa was one of the foods that created great inflammation for me. Also, almost all dairy products. Holy cow. Anytime I had like frozen yogurt, wow, wow, wow. The next day I could get on the scale and I would go up by like four or five pounds. I'm not even joking. Same was true with quinoa. I mean, for me, the list goes on and on and on. But eventually I was able to figure out if in fact I could have some of these foods, but in smaller dosages, smaller quantities, if you will, because some foods are, we're sensitive to them because it's accumulative. Dairy is one of those things for me. For a long period of time, I could not have dairy. I could not have popcorn. Popcorn is one of those foods that I shouldn't have it night after night. Like I can have it once a week, maybe, and I'm going to find myself getting a little bit inflamed the next day. That's the other thing. There are foods I can eat that I know cause me inflammation and I'm aware of it. And I might still decide some days like, you know what, even though dairy causes me inflammation, I want this cheesecake tonight and I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow inflamed and I know I'm not going to jump on the scale. That's okay. That's called moderation. That's called like understanding your body. That doesn't mean I'm going to swear those foods off forever, but it does mean that I have to be aware of how it makes me feel. And I feel better when I'm not inflamed. I have more energy. I move with greater ease. I can go down the stairs without my knees hurting. I can enjoy my workout. I don't feel like I have a puffy face. I don't feel like my eyes look hooded. I just feel and look better when I am not eating foods that cause me inflammation. And it's different for every single one of us. So what can you do? You can identify those foods. They're on most people's inflammatory list. They might not be on everybody's, but you can eliminate some of those for about a week and see what happens to my body. How does my body respond? Am I less bloated? Do I have gas? So if, if you have, like, here's a crazy, like, TMI kind of story. One of the reasons why I stopped doing protein shakes, for the most part, like, I mean, I still will do a protein shake. I'm not going to lie about that. But certain types of protein, certain types of protein shakes, 
if I drink one of those protein shakes, I will get bloated and I'll get gassy. And I was bloated and gassy for probably six or seven years nonstop. And I just thought that was normal. You know, this is just quote unquote, what happens when you have a lot of protein? No, that's what happens when something does not agree with your system. So there are certain protein shakes that I will not name because it's not that it's a problem with the protein shake. It's a problem with that protein and my stomach. My gut microbiome did not agree with that particular type of protein shake, with the ingredients that were in that particular brand. Now, there are some brands and certain types of proteins that are more agreeable for me, but I still try not to supplement with processed foods. The only time I'm going to have a protein shake is when I'm really short on time and I just don't have the ability to make whole foods like, you know, chicken and salad and, and dark leafy greens and healthy lean proteins or, or even fatty proteins. Like if I don't have time to do that, well then yeah, I might supplement with a protein shake, but there are certain protein shakes that I know protein powders, I should say that I know my body can tolerate, but I'm still, for me, I have to do that in smaller quantities. Like I used to do protein bars. Holy cow. Right. I haven't found a single protein bar today that doesn't tear up my gut. I can just tell instantly I can eat a half of a protein bar and I feel bloated and gassy and gross. And I get all the signs of inflammation. What inflames one person doesn't inflame another. And I know you would love a list of like, here are the foods to eat and here are the foods not to eat. And the best place that I can direct you to is phaseitup.com. Phase It Up is a program I originally created under the name 131 Method. And we changed it. We, we rebranded 131 Method so that it was less heavy on the science and more focused on habits. But Phase It Up is a program that kind of teaches you how to change your diet, like every four to six weeks. It teaches you how to identify what things impact your body in terms of inflammation. It teaches you how to create a diet that works for you, not a diet. Like in other words, how to have a nutritional plan that is a plan, but it's flexible enough that you don't feel like you're ever not living your life or that you're having to restrict yourself. Like there's no one size fits all diet. There just isn't. I mean, you can find the healthiest person on the planet who eats completely unprocessed and their food might be inflammatory for you. That's why we're all so different. Like your origin, your race, your family's history, your genetics, like your dieting history, all of these things impact your body's response to foods. So here's my assignment for you, because I know you guys love a takeaway. My assignment for you is to take out a pen and a piece of paper right now and to just write down a few foods that you suspect are highly processed and probably causing you inflammation. Now, I'll just bet three or four things came to you immediately. And my recommendation for you is to just see what happens if you go seven days without those particular foods. Just seven days. Now, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination suggesting you should cut out these foods forever. I'm just suggesting that maybe you go seven days and see how it makes you feel. The foods that you probably, you already have a sneaking suspicion that they are the culprit. I think we're really good at this. I think we're, 
We're more intuitive than we give ourselves credit for. And you might be asking, well, Shalene, what about doing one of those food sensitivity tests? You can do one. We've done a few episodes about those tests, but I've seen such inconclusive results. I've seen people who have been told like, oh, you can't eat eggs. And it might be just because they did a ton of eggs, you know, the couple days before they did those tests. I'm still a big believer in the Viome test. That's a gut health test. It's kind of a gross process to go through, but it's awfully telling. I've got to suggest considering that, especially if you're having a lot of gut issues. So like if you're having SIBO and candida and you're just having horrible gut issues, try the Viome test. We'll put a link to that in our show notes. But ultimately, you know, before you even spend any money on a test, why not just go with your intuition and eliminate some foods that you suspect are already the culprit? In the meantime, I also encourage you to check out Phase It Up. Listen, it's not a diet. I'm telling you, we all need structure. I have so many friends who they're like, Shaleen, I love it because I'm not into dieting. I'm over that. I'm not in, like I spent all of my 30s or all of my 40s struggling with diets and overexercising. I never want to do that again. But yet I also kind of like need some structure and I need some accountability. And I really like the habit formation that Phase It Up is all about. So I'm going to put a link to Phase It Up in our show notes as well. Phase It Up is an amazing program. We really are constantly putting additional resources into that program. And I just love to get your feedback on it. So if you're in the pod squad, like, let me know what you think about phase it up. Cause it is so completely evolved from one, three, one method. It's just less heavy on the science and more, it's just more practical and more habit-based. It's really based on the science of habit formation. And you know, that's what we are. We are our habits. So check that out. Listen, I want to thank you guys for the feedback that I got from last Friday's show. I know that was heavy. I know you guys aren't used to hearing me like sad, but I have, I also want to like be honest and be open about like what I'm going through. And that's the only thing I know how to be. Someone said to me recently, you know, the one thing you never have to remember is the truth and like being authentic. You don't have to pretend you don't have to put that on. And so I know sometimes Friday's episodes are fun and uplifting, but they're always going to be real. And I loved hearing from many of you that you liked that it was funny and also sad because that's life. And I just want to thank you guys for supporting me on all of that. I really do love you guys to pieces. I love you. I love you. I love you. I mean it. Please join us in the pod squad. If you're a regular listener, then we want you to be a part of our family. You can go to Facebook and it's not called Facebook anymore now. What's it called? I forget. Meta something like that, whatever. I'm never going to get used to that. Just I'm refusing it. Anyway, so go to Facebook and type in Shalene's Pod Squad. Join our group. My name is pronounced Shalene. I say it in every single episode. I still don't know why people get it wrong, but like I get it. Anyways, Shalene's Pod Squad. We would love to invite you to be a part of it. Thanks for leaving a five-star review, all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I'll talk to you Friday. Love you. Bye.